Hi guys, I'm Priscilla. And I'm Jess. We're two longtime friends, aka besties, and the hosts of Popcorn for Dinner's new film podcast, Is This Cinema? Every week, Jess and I, along with some friends from Popcorn for Dinner and Beyond Popcorn for Dinner, are going to be discussing all the latest film releases. Yeah, and we'll also be doing some blind debates, where we'll be foolishly given topics to debate live on air without any prep time. Okay. Intense movie and filmmaker drafts. Top fights of our best actors and honestly, whatever fun ideas we're pretty much dumb enough to try. So please subscribe on all podcast platforms and come and join us at the movies as we try to investigate just what is cinema. Bye, guys. Bye. Um, but what do Romans say? Life is just a, the world is just a pussy ready to get fucked. I'll put your, rest your heads in this bosom and go, <laughs> Okay. Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. The only podcast where we actually take out our grandfather's legs for the sake of his share price. Today, we are talking about the ninth episode of Succession's fourth and final season. And joining me on this penultimate trip around the waster sun. They better be happy with the scraps from the table. Woof, woof. It's James Zanebube. How are you guys doing? Hi guys. How are my dogs doing? We are. I am ready to be back. Yeah. Talk about the best show on TV. I am excited. I'm pensive. Whoa, okay. About the show or about the podcast? Wow, the show. I mean, you could be pensive about the podcast as well. It's been, it haven't been three of us since, well, episode one. It was quite a sad episode, to be fair. Well, yeah, <laughs> it was. It was a funeral. <laughs> well, some people would say that last episode was was sad, maybe sadder, as you show. So, it's satirical, but not really satirical state of 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 the world. Because of our country, because about the country. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about this episode, Logan's funeral. Um, but first of all, guys, please, 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 please rate and review. Um, I was at an event yesterday talking to some people and they're just talking about how even more than I know, more than we know, how they're just like rating and reviews really just really helps the podcast in terms of, um, like I said, the algorithm and how people just kind of aggregate your... The matrix. Yeah, all of that stuff. So just please just give us, <laughs> just put five stars on Apple Podcasts and just put a ra- random review. We know people really listen to this um, podcast on Apple Podcasts, but we're not getting the reviews on Apple Podcasts. You guys hear us talk about Logan and Kendall and everything, but you're not reviewing it. So please, please really help us. Um, yeah. That being said, the event I was at yesterday was the the premiere screening event of Paramount Plus's new show, No Escape. Um, you can feel free to check that out. I think that's out internationally on Paramount Plus now, all episodes. And yeah, we might have something cool regarding that out next, um, later this week. So please check that out. It's a show, a quick premise is a show in which two British girls um, run away from some scary secrets, find themselves on a yacht in the Philippines. What could go wrong? So what could actually go wrong? So please check it out. And yeah, we might have something cool on that in the next couple of days so please just also check and keep an eye out for that but what is cool for now is 
Succession and wearing shades so that you can cry in secret. So let's talk about season four, episode nine, titled Church and State, written by show creator, mad genius Jesse Armstrong, and directed by Mark Mylod. Of course. Of course, of course. So we're going to go beat by beat, as, as we do sometimes on episodes like this. But just quickly, quick, quick, quick general thoughts. Obia, you kind of said it's already a sad episode, so I guess as a, as a good overview, it would be all your quick thoughts of the episode. I think you can just really see why the episode is titled Church and State. You know? um, so many divisions between those two atmospheres that are both broken and erected in the episode. I think it's worth noting that this is one of the longest succession episodes. It's like an hour 14 minutes. Hour 14. Mm-hmm. And um, they really used every moment wisely. There were so many points where I thought this could be the end of the episode, but it wasn't. Like, they, they really packed a good amount of stuff in there. And you can really feel that things are coming to an end. There were lots of starts and ends as well in, in the episode. And it's, it just set things up so nicely for the finale. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how all of that shakes out. Uh, speaking of church and state, I should quick, do a quick shout out to um, Diana Trent, who commented on our YouTube video stating that, of last week's episode, stating that um, the funeral was going to be held at the St. Ignatius Loyola um, Chapel which is apparently quite close to where Logan lived. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I can't not think, I cannot hear the words Ignatius Loyola and not have PTSD. So let's just move on. For the Magis, uh, baby. Come on. For the Magis. <laughs> don't ever do that again. I was not that in ages. Man. Oh, my God. Anyway, we start the episode by Roman um, going over his speech that he's going to give his eulogy for his dad. And something that... I started thinking about at this point, and then I remembered a bit later in the episode. Not remembered, but it was fully calcified. Was I don't, You might not know this, but it's kind of like a rule of filmmaking, stroke TV making, is that if you see the rehearsal, you're not going to see the performance. That's just kind of how, right. how it goes. Unless the performance is so drastically different from the rehearsal to show you what it should have been. So you kind of know, okay, if we're seeing Roman do this speech now, then... He's probably and, and and this show has done it actually before. Like think about to Kendall's Billy Joel moment. We saw the rehearsal, we didn't see the performance, or LTDOG, we didn't see the rehearsal, we saw the performance. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like even this season, the Living Plus, we didn't see the rehearsal so the performance. So like I was like, okay, so what's gonna happen that's gonna make Roman not not give this speech? Yes, Roman is doing that. And then Rava tells Ken that she's taking the kids off state, which which triggers Ken's Ken's spiral. Ken, again, Ken another incredible Incredible journey this episode. Um, Daddy of the year. Daddy of the year. Should I start? Uh, oh, he co- well, no, don't start. Please don't start. Um, <laughs> he, he's trying to be with his kids. Like, I mean, he just wants his kids there. Like, oh, well, what do you want us to me. say? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, anyway, he confronts Rava and makes a ridiculous scene on the, on the street. <laughs> uh, saying that he'll was, he was stay in front of the car. And, and then, yeah. Actually, have I mean, something like, to say on that, but not a, not okay. on, not on Kendall this time. Let's switch. Mm-hmm. It, let's switch. Are you about to, to side Rava. with Kendall? I about to, I'm not going to. I'm not going to gonna side with Kendall necessarily. Let's relax. At any point in time, did you guys feel like Rava was doing the most? I mean, we are, we're not in a shoe, so I don't think we can fully grasp how bad it's been for her and the kid. That is true. So that is true. However, I guess on some level, I was like, 
what is the reasonable amount of fear slash concern to have in this situation? Said mm-hmm. she wants mm-hmm. to take mm-hmm. the kids upstate or out of state, whichever one it was. And um, mm-hmm. I wondered, like, they don't necessarily know exactly where you live, right? Like, you could literally just stay in your penthouse and not come outside. I thought that that, that would have sufficed. But then, essentially, to, like, it, them not coming to their grandfather's funeral is a lot. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea. I think there's some things in funerals that children just can't really grasp. So I think that aspect of it was fine. I get why Kendall was upset, but... I mean, I they're not that young, though. They, they, that's the they're, like, they're, like, they're not too Like, 15, 16. Yeah. Like, yeah. But then we see that there's actual unrest yeah because time has passed yeah time, mm-hmm. time has passed in should not too much time but it has passed but we've I've, established that it's at least two years that's what we have established since yeah. um, in the time since we started recording this this season yeah so we can we can still like classify them as children right so oh yeah they're still in school yeah yeah so mm-hmm. I, I think either way they probably could have stayed home but i don't know if they had to necessarily go really far though there was unrest in the streets so i, I don't know i feel like on some level being on those streets trying to escape the city Put them inside that yeah. rest. So I mean, I don't want to say anything <laughs> before it sounds like I'm um anti rava or whatever. But yeah, I'm not anti rava yeah. at all. I just I just wonder like she needs to take a chill pill. She needs to eat a Snickers. Maybe not half a pill, half a pill. Yeah, just just like you don't have to do. You don't have to go to upstate today. Like not right now. That's what I mean. But I'm just thinking about this now as you were talking. It's funny if like Jesse Armstrong wanted her to be the um representation of you know people that were like if trump wins i'm going to canada and then like Menkin won and she's literally out of here like she's, she's literally like, moving out actually uh, she was like oh i'm actually yeah. anyway okay so we'll talk about ken again in a second but shiv and martin um shiv gives sorry martin gives shiv a quick quick history of u.s um democracy <laughs> unless you don't count black people which is unless kind of a bad habit blacks. That was so funny, man. He said you're the you're you're younger democracy than Botswana. Um, Botswana catches strays, man. Or or maybe praise. I don't know. They're saying they're an older democracy than America. Maybe. So this is this happened. I saw this in the Tom scene, but Shiv is still president of Waster. I did not even think about that. I didn't know that. Like she's still president of of Waster. So I guess that would be interesting. Come come something. Um, Shiv tells her brothers. Yeah, tells her brothers about her pregnancy. Um, Roman has some <laughs> some lines that it, are good, and that some are, so that might be over the line, depending on where you where you fall. No, that was, was that over the line. I think. What did he what? say? Is is it mine? Is it mine? Both times I watched episode, I've laughed. At, at that was so funny, times. man. Jackman <laughs> was improv. Jackman was writing. No, I mean, we discussed the last. One. I don't. I no, no. I think it's like you guys don't know who these writers are. These writers come up with this shit. It's probably something that came up on the day. Like maybe Jesse didn't write it in the script. Like, hey, say this line. Um, Roman mentions that Lady Caroline has put up the idea of a Caribbean Caribbean air Claire, which <laughs> makes me think that they're going to the Caribbean for the finale or during the finale. I kind of feel like there's there's a, there's one more travel episode in Denmark. I discussed it with you last week that um, Jeremy Strong mentioned something about being in a tropical location. So maybe they are going to the Caribbean sometime during the finale. I think it's going to be our first real pit stop. So Ken tells Jess to schedule some custody meetings because he believes he can get custody. Oh, this Family guy. Family lawyers. This guy. And then it inadvertently leads to finding out that Jess has scheduled a meeting for next week mm-hmm. in which she basically wants to quit. Um, any thoughts on this? Any thoughts on Kendall saying, tell me now, and then later saying, nice timing, Jess, really thoughtful. 
So it still reminded me of, um, remember that conversation with Greg and Tom, this might be in season two, when he was like, I'm not really sure about ETN, but about principles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then Tom okay. was like, your, pr- your principles? You don't, your you don't principles? have principles, fuck off. Like, your principles weren't racism, and against racism, <laughs> yeah, fuck off. Everyone's against, against racism. racism. <laughs> I feel like this is actually, this is Jess, she is literally sticking by her morals and mm. her principles. I feel like she's all the people in the show who seems to have an ounce of actually, I mean, to be fair, she's been working with Kendall for a while, so I guess that's another conversation, but she's actually sticking by her word and, you know, enacting through her actions by leaving. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, fair play to her, but, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, <laughs> are you really sure you want to leave? Like, are you really, really sure? Why can't you be the change. Uh, don't from, do the. You about to say change it from inside? Don't. From let's his. not do this, please. Let's not do this. <laughs> not Jess. Jess is not going to change it from inside. I'm being, I'm, I'm being the book. Yeah, I'm just being suspicious just right now. But yeah, what do you what do you think about? What do you guys think about it? I just okay. So um, first of all, Juliana Canfield, fantastic. Love you. Mm-hmm. I hope you listen mm-hmm. to this and and find out that I do love you. I'm uh, trying to get at least for two seasons, but uh, nothing we can, uh, I can't do anything. One of these days. Was the first time she ISOed? Well, she kind of ISOed last week, didn't she? Against with Greg. It wasn't really an ISO, but that was like her first real big scene last week with Greg. Mm. And then they gave her a second one. Maybe, sorry, continue. Yeah. Um, I thing is, we talked about um, in the previous episode how certain people make the big decisions and certain people are affected. And I just mm-hmm. can't help but think about that scene where she's talking to Greg at the end of the episode as he's going to, you know, tell the people who are going to push the button that maybe they should push the button. Um, mm. And she's kind of inadvertently trying to stall him and just have him think about it. Like, because the thing is, even if Greg doesn't go, it's, it's going to get done, right? But there's just mm-hmm. a sense of complicity that um, they have. And I think Jess is starting to really feel that because she's always supported Kendall. She's helped him through all this stuff. She does everything for him. But it gets to a certain point where you have to understand what you're supporting. And she is exactly the kind of person that Mencken is going to make life very difficult for, right? Mm-hmm. So even if she even if she doesn't have as much access anywhere else, first of all, he says, oh, you're not going to get this much access anywhere. Yeah, probably as an assistant. Do you want her to be an assistant forever? Probably. But that's probably not what she wants, right? She can mm-hmm. use, I've been... Kendall Roy's executive assistant for however long to get just about anywhere else, right? There's so much that she can do with that. And mm-hmm. I think he's definitely feeling a bit abandoned. So one thing I will say as well is if somebody has something that they need to hear from you and it's not the best time and they say, I'm fine, tell them anything else, literally anything else, because they're lying. They don't know they're lying but they're lying. You can, if there's something else you're going to tell them at some point, go ahead and say that. But the actual thing, leave it for a better moment because he's exactly the kind of person to do this. Not everybody might do this, but he turns around and yeah. things are he's like, yeah, oh, right, good timing, you know? So. But in her defense, he had already canceled the meeting for next So it was either now or never. Yeah. Because she didn't have the meeting again next week. So it was either she said it now or... Yeah, but she didn't need a meeting for six months. I guess she wanted to be formal about it. She technically didn't need a meeting. What they needed was a Mm. a conversation. I guess it's just just unfortunate that it's just... uh, I mean, Kendall decided to look at his... His schedule, his calendar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I think is is the weird timing here. But 
you know, excellent performance from her. Um, I hope we see her in the next episode. You know, we first saw her in episode two. So I think it's kind of symmetrical that she's saying all this in the second to the last episode. I, I think, I think Jess is kind of coming to terms with, with a lot of that stuff. She's somewhat terrified and she's just trying to, even if she can't really get that access anywhere else, I think she just wants to be okay with what she's associating herself with maybe there's also mm-hmm. maybe says like also advice from family or whatever it's, it's hard to tell but i guess good good for you jess yeah, hopefully she's saved she's saved i think i think you actually mentioned more i think about this now it kind of makes a bit more sense that kendall is just a lot more lonely isn't he of course i mean jess is like oh, the yeah, one yeah, force yeah. in his life that he could really really count on to be there and it's crazy okay. the, the forces we can the things we can really count on to always be there when we want them to be are the things we subscribe to and like literally pay for you know it's like you don't really know how much you rely on them until they're gone yeah i mean it's not a coincidence that this um just news comes after rather takes the kids away like mm-hmm. that's not that's not mistaken right and yeah. like, it doesn't say letter to hugo that people will say they love you and then they'll leave you or something something along those lines yeah it says the um you. Yeah, of course. Uh, quick run through of the pre-funeral things. Willa, our great Willa, has written another terrible, terrible, but formally inventive speech for for her husband. Uh, Lady Caroline makes her triumphant return, and within seconds deduces that Shiv is pregnant. Which to me, I was like, how? She's not a good mother. How has she figured this out? Like, <laughs> she's never been a mother. Though. Where does she get this mothering power from? She's just amazing. <laughs> by, by having been a mother, she might not necessarily be the best mother, but she has been a mother, and mothers can typically tell in their own children. She's got some experience in her series. Yeah. Then she floats to Matson that maybe offering a US CEO to Mankin could help him change his stance. Yeah, which is an interesting idea. baby. I'm sure you guys have heard that tactic from TikTok. So. Oh boy! <laughs> did TikTok? What, did TikTok do that for like get that, an American well, to you? That is a thing that, that was really being floated yeah. and discussed, especially in the previous administration, the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, like they were coming down hard on everything Chinese, so mm-hmm. they were like mm-hmm. TikTok. It, it's, it's. I mean, of course, that this what? is like a whole other thing because TikTok doesn't necessarily do that much different from what American social networks do. So America's problem isn't that people are taking people's data. And doing whatever they want with it is that they're doing it, but it's not in America. <laughs> so yeah, America yeah, really would have been fine with it if TikTok had some kind of American ownership. So they were essentially saying that the American part of TikTok, which is kind of like what has become the really, really big part, because the Chinese part is called is um, called Douyin and it's all Five owned dance. by ByteDance. They were saying that that part should be spun off to an American company. And there were different companies that were talking about it, from Microsoft to even mm. freaking Walmart. <laughs> but yeah, the, um, that would have essentially given them That's some the kind show. of American base here. So that all that data form of Americans would have been on American soil, giving them that kind of control. And, but, but that's yeah. not something that has been able to go through. And lately, the TikTok's, TikTok's actual CEO has been testifying in front of Congress as, as many things. But of course, the people at Congress mm-hmm. still don't know how to ask We're questions. We're not spying on you lot, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, it, it is an interesting real world tactic and it could work yeah. in this scenario, I think. Yeah. Um, Caroline assembles the Avengers of women that have slept with Logan. Beautiful. I as soon as I saw Sally Ann, I knew who she was. I was like, I've been, I've, I've been waiting to meet you. <laughs> so 1% of me was afraid that after she, after she saw Master, she was going to be like, Jerry, will you join us? Like there was a, there was a 1% because Jerry was right there. Like, no, I, I love like, that because as soon as she arrived, 
do you see, if you watch Jerry, Jerry immediately turns her face. She's like, yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. involved in this. Just like, yeah. no, 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 no. Just so like, I was so afraid that she was going to get marshaled and be like, Jerry, will you join us? I was like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> oh, look. Oh, boy. I'm surprised Rhea Jarrell wasn't there, actually. But I guess that makes sense. Yeah, that was never really like, I mean, we still don't know that for a fact. that it's yeah, she could have been there. Maybe been. she wasn't sure. I'm pretty, pretty sure. Yeah. I'm um, pretty sure they did. Oh, no, we're all pretty sure. But, I mean, we don't know for a fact. Yeah. Like, I see it. Yeah. Or oh, we didn't, uh, nobody it. said it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so Greg, finally, Greg being Greg, being the Greg he is, finds a way to get himself Greg at the front of, of, of Logan's casket's wheel, which is just incredible Gregging from Greg. Such opportunism. I love the way when, when I love the way Sarah Sook says no to, to Peter Munyan. She's like, so, yeah. yes, no, no, no. <laughs> like, not on not <laughs> Speaking of Greg, there was one scene, um, it was the conversation with um, Lucas and, and Shiv and Greg kind of joins in. And the, the, the face of Lucas, Lucas just had this glint in his eye. And that's the, the conversation. <laughs> so he, he says, hey, sexy. And uh, Greg says, oh, that's very kind. <laughs> Here's my thing, actually, about this, right? I think that ever since Greg saw his name written on that piece of paper, right? Yeah. <laughs> in episode four, we've been asked, we've been kind of made to ask ourselves this question of did Logan really like Greg? We might not, not necessarily know. He wasn't always horrible to him, but he was kind mm-hmm. of just quote unquote pushing him to his fullest potential, kind of like a sidelined kid, right? It's like Greg was somewhere between like Kendall and Connor in this in 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 this line of like attention. So I think mm-hmm. once Greg saw his his name just written in that will of sorts, his head kind of exploded, and now he's come up to this conclusion that there is some kind of spot to secure here. And he's like, maybe I should actually put some work in to secure it. Like, if my name was there, maybe I could be in the running. Like, everybody laughed him out of the room when he said it that day. But he clearly <laughs> is taking it very seriously. Walking mm. up and shaking Megan's hand was just wild. <laughs> so, I, I, everything is about But, like, he point. does his job. He does the job. He, he does really what Tom does. Does. He, like, he says, we were part of the team that, yeah. that called you. Like, he, he does his job. After, after saying that, you know, it's not necessarily me. Like, it's still going to happen without me. But now he's coming to claim ownership of that decision on some mm. level after riding to the funeral on a bicycle. So, that was good. That was, that was that elite Greg. Yeah, I loved it. Why could it? Oh, yeah, because he came from the office. Then I was going to ask, why didn't they like sort him out of the car or something? Yeah. No, but he said that uh, Tom even said that the car, like, the traffic was terrible. Traffic would be insane. Okay, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's get into the speeches. That's what people came here for. Jesse Armstrong's pen went off. Let's start with Uncle Ewan, who commandeers Paul's speaking position. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go, a quick, quick shout out to Greg's mom for finally making it out of the bed. I don't think we've seen her since episode two. Since the one episode two. I don't, I don't, yeah. Not, I, I thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> must have been gassed. Welcome, Mrs. Hush. Yeah. When, she got, yeah, when, she got the call, when she got the call back, you're like, yeah. yeah. I was going to see Mary and Hush. Welcome back. Um, okay. I was, wa- I was watching this interview with like things like Vanity Fair with like, mm-hmm. actors and actresses. Right? And I was like, what's one TV show you wish you were part of? And I think like three quarters of this whole set succession. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. Cause Cause, yeah. So, yeah, she must be gassed that she's like just involved in that. Okay, so I had this later in my notes, but think about how depressing it must have been to be one of the hundreds of extras in this scene. So now I'm like, oh, do you want to be an extra on succession? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Logan's funeral. Like, what? <laughs> wait, wait, what? And then you now can't say anything about it for like a <laughs> You're like, wait, what? what? <laughs> you swore the entire season for me. And that would be so depressing about to be, to be an extra in this scene. Because, like, there's, those... no, there's, there's no way they'd know it's Logan's funeral, 
right. They would. I mean, what do you mean? They're the getting on stage. Now. Yeah. They were getting on stage saying, my father. You even said my brother. My brother. Romance. Yeah. Oh, I thought I meant the, um, the extras who are rioting. No, no. The extras. In no, the no, no. Yeah, the extras oh, in the, the church. church. Like, because oh, obviously that was a very big church. That was everyone. I'm just, I was just gonna like everyone here is hearing this this yeah. speech. So like they're getting spoiled for this show. Um, okay, so Ewan tells two very depressing stories about Logan. Well, we finally get to know how Rose died. Yeah, and then he proceeds to eviscerate Logan's character, so or like just a tad, in a loving way, but like <laughs> it's a smidge, you know. Yeah, it makes sense that bit, we finally yeah. get that last piece of the puzzle of context on Logan's life from the mm. one living person who's known him the longest, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder actually if Logan's children see you as some kind of adversary. They don't really have much of a relationship with him, unfortunately. Well, like business-wise? Business, personal, like, I mean, the, I don't know, the way he was glaring at them while Kendall was talking was crazy. Like, that that glare was heavy. So, uh, I, I don't know. But well, I think they've, I think they've, seen him as an adversary because their dad saw him as an adversary. Exactly. So they, he, they couldn't like, really get to know yeah. him. Kendall actually even says that in season one. He's like, I don't have much of a relationship with you. I never got a chance to do that. And I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, when he's talking about like, he's telling him about the vote and no confidence. The board vote. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. still, it's, it's definitely sad um, because we, it doesn't vindicate Logan at all, but it helps us understand him a bit more, which is always good. I, I guess the penultimate episode was sort of a good way for them to drop a whole bunch of exposition without having to really drop a whole bunch of exposition. It's excellent writing, so... It's worth mentioning. I'm not sure if you apologies if you did, but Ewan wasn't supposed to talk. <laughs> yeah, he just gets up and he's... Guys, he's like, what am I going to do? Like, you going to stop me? He just sort of got up. <laughs> can't stop. Can't Greg stop. was like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> that scene was his. No, that was beautiful. Because like you see, Greg looking at the, and then he sits uh, down and his mom is like, and he's like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> like don't, don't tell me to shut up. <laughs> that was, oh oh, that was just brilliant. Oh my god! Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I guess Ewan's speech. The point of it was to be like, this guy, this my brother, was not always like this. He was a scared child and a scared teenager and a loving brother who. Mm-hmm. Always believed that he killed his sister and carried that guilt for the rest of his life. And then, because what does he say? He says, Oh, he says something about, he uses a word, I can't remember what he uses, but he's like, Maybe Logan is that too. And so am I, but I try. But at some point, Logan stopped trying, right? Like at, at some point, he stopped just trying to fight and try, trying to be a good person and just went into the, the darkness, essentially. So I think he was probably like, he wasn't always like this, which. Yeah, man, I don't know. Like, to sit on national TV, TV or now. probably international TV <laughs> about your brother is... You is think that lot. was being televised? So, yes. Well, One, I, I guess it be- was, fair enough. Maybe on ETS. Yeah, because yeah, we saw a camera. I thought that TV was kind of just for people to put on like, the nosebleed seats or something. I get that. I thought that as well. But then, remember at the end, we get the clip of Roman's crying. It's like a meme now, isn't it's it? It's a meme now. So like now, obviously, plus we're talking about yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Plus we're talking about. I mean, that's that's kind of like the whole point of the episode in terms of like how can you separate the personal from the business? We're talking about how you can't state. really say anything mad, yeah, because of the share price. Share price, yeah. And it's like it's basically a state funeral, isn't it? Like the president is there, yeah. The president of the or the, the incoming president is country, yeah. President elect, yeah. So, president is he president elect? elect? He's barely president elect yet. 
it's going to be like a well, while before they we'll probably never know who really won the election because of the way the season is and the fact that there's one more episode because in reality we're not going to find out for sure till like i mean it's going to be a while yeah but we know enough to know that like it's probably it's not going to be him. returned yeah it's not going to yeah it's not going to be it's still mental though like they don't really know but it can just sort of decide elections which sorry because i asked this question i was like why did like what was the what was the benefit i'm sorry to get to you guys one week behind no please but what's benefit in um connor forfeiting for him in his direction but then he said momentum and I was like, oh, it was like on second rewatch. I was like, oh, that's what he meant. Because now he can be like, I have Connor's people as well. Yeah, that's what like, I was I'm obviously the president. Like, that's what he meant by momentum. I said, I'm like, going to concede in your direction. So all mm-hmm. the people who would have supported him will now support this person rather than Menace. Because that essentially rallies that. It's this whole thing that I like to see in the US of we have a pretty big tent. And mm. interestingly enough, Lincoln says that there's some motherfuckers he does not want inside the tent. He says that to Shiv, right? So you can already see where those allegiances are going to fall and who's going to be doing what and, you know, what his agenda is going to be. Because these people don't have as much leverage over him as he thinks, but I guess we'll get into that. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. Menken is actually, he's actually a pretty shitty guy. Like, he's actually evil. Yeah, I'm glad you I'm realized. Sure. Oh, it wasn't, you very it wasn't when he told you that he, he, he liked some things that hate had to say that you thought about I mean, this. Like, I knew it, but I just... It just sort of, you know, seared in my mind because I was like, it was a conversation with, I'm not sure if we're going to get to this later or now. Thank you, but the conversation with Shiv. Oh, I mean, yeah, with Shiv and, and Matt. And we'll get, Yeah, and we'll, get like, we'll get what there. What did he say? Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, just remember that, remember that. But let's just go to Roman and Kieran Culkin and the reason Kieran Culkin wants to be in the lead actor race because as he's walking up the stairs, obviously I'm thinking, you've seen the real, so you can't see the performance. And I'm thinking, okay, give me Kieran's Emmy reel, like give it to me, give me, and he's going to like completely go off script. But I didn't, I didn't see this breakdown. I didn't see like the magnitude of this breakdown coming, the magnitude. I was like, like from the, because obviously I believe, I personally believe that if he had done the speech when he was meant to, he would have been fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's UN speech that completely just knocks him off, of of course. Like he's just, he's just, because mm-hmm. you, you can see the cut to him several times. You can see that it's really hitting him. But even the way, like when Kieran Culkin gets to the mic, the volume of his voice is like, he, he can't, he literally can't I speak. Can't He's like, hi guys. Like, I'm like, oh my God, what, what is happening here? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that, that, oh. was, that was so well done, um, physically in particular, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I think the man, the man was doing an amazing job because you can see that discomfort first like simmering, then it starts to bubble and then it just boils like all the way up to the surface. And then until he gets away from the podium and he's just like, come here right now, please. And then everyone shows up and he's like, you know, is he in there? Uh, and, and then he just starts breaking. You can just tell oh, it's, it's ironic because he's the only one who could really see Logan's body. Right? But he hasn't come to terms with, to, to terms with it. I, I know I've been saying for weeks now that Logan's grief would actually implode. There's no such thing as mm-hmm. grieving. You know, and I, I wonder, first off, before we even analyze what any of that means for him or his agenda or just the episode as a whole, do we feel bad for him? Uh. I feel like a lot of people going into this episode, like we, we are watching this at a time where people are still on the internet, on Twitter right now. Still hate it. Still hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wonder what people yeah. think when they've seen this. So I literally watched this episode and, and then I had to tweet something about like Roman being terrible. Mm-hmm. 
to promote last week's episode. So like, it was, <laughs> but I mean, look, on one hand, it's it's just always it's not nice watching someone talk about losing parents. I guess mm-hmm. that's even though the person is the worst person in the world, and yeah. I guess that's how I think about it. Like it was, I must say, I enjoyed watching him, you know, break down in front of everybody. I think that was. I guess, I, yeah, I guess I felt sorry for him. And this is why I hate and like HBO at the same time, because it's like, I'm not supposed to feel sorry for this guy. But here but I am, feeling sorry for this here guy. I am. <laughs> feeling I mean, sorry for this guy. The brilliance, the brilliance of this show and of Jesse and his writers is that they do stuff, right? And then they're like, let me show you why you shouldn't like these guys. And then they give, they give you an episode like Shave, like basically Black Melinda Woman in season two. <laughs> Um, that had mm-hmm. the dirt about the cruises or uh, or Roman last week and they're like see is that people that you were supporting is that guys that you were like rooting for is that guys that you had hashtags for but then they go do something else and they were like and we are like see this is why we are supporting them <laughs> you have made us emotionally vulnerable to these people see, that's, like, that, that's the thing. can you not see this I, I like what you're saying because the, the true brilliance of the show is that the worst people are still people. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. what they are. They're human beings, right? And, you know, going into this episode, I had basically two things on my mind, right? I had speeches at the funeral, potential awkwardness, and I also had, I had actually custody in my mind, to, if I'm being very honest with you. Like, I was actually, I was genuinely, this is what Robert did in the previous episode. I was, I just had this feeling that Kendall would try and go for full custody. I did not expect to be right. But here we are, right? Yeah. Few I things love to you if you told me that. I've been keeping it to myself for a while because <laughs> I, because I've turned into defender of Kendall's children. So I said, you know what? Let me not see what I'm actually thinking. Only for it to turn out that I was actually right, but it's fine. What I will say as well is that the surprises for me in this episode kind of elevate the point you just made about these bad people being people, right? Mm-hmm. There is. First of all, there's there's Jess. That's something that took me by surprise. I did not expect her to quit, even though it makes so much sense, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's Caroline gathering all the other concubines. That's just <laughs> concubines. <laughs> such, a, <laughs> such a word. Oh my god. <laughs> that was actually amazing to me. Like not her really opening her mouth to say, "Oh, here's Sally, and she was my Carrie." It's just like she has no chill, no filter, right? But it makes perfect sense, right? She, they are still people, such that. Despite Marsha's animosity towards Carrie, she still holds her hand mm. when Carrie is the one person who can't keep it together and is crying, right? Mm-hmm. So I think with, with Roman, right, trying so hard to be Logan all this time, he forgot that he's not actually Logan, right? You want the guy in the office that you can control, the guy that you can have in your pocket, but you don't take stock of what it actually takes and what it actually requires to maintain that control. Right. Most mm-hmm. people would break down similarly in that situation, but not the type of person that Roman has been making himself out to be. And I think that disconnect is going to get him a lot of pity rather than empathy. And there's a big difference between the two. Right. So as soon as he started breaking down, I personally was kind of unhappy because I was just thinking, Oh my God, now Megan's going to think he's a loser. And even, mm-hmm. if, even if that, that's, that's, that's not, that's not necessarily well. even a bad thing for the Republic. But <laughs> first of all, it is kind of a bad thing for the Republic because the only yeah. the only way we put Mank in here was because we supposedly had him on the leash. So if the people who have yeah. him on the leash don't have him on the leash, we're kind of finished. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I 
I, I was just thinking about what it would do to Mencken's image of him, like his desire to be associated with him. So essentially, the business relationship that they have with Mencken and that they've been relentlessly lauding all this time lies in the hands of Kendall, who doesn't even like the guy, right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so terrible that, you know, the grief of their father has to fall into this game that they've been playing. But we have to admit that everything they do plays a role, even if they or we don't like it, right? So I mm, think, honestly, yeah. they should have gotten some more leverage on the guy, like something bigger that would have been, that would have incentivized Mencken to not renege on his promise and actually keep his end of the deal. Because that's what Logan would have done. They keep saying, this is what dad would do, right? That's what dad would do. I said that like in tweet thread um, over the course of the week. And what Logan would actually have done would have been make sure that once this guy is president, he's less afraid of what comes with the pregnant um with the um the presidency than what would what would result from in, from like waking up Raven's wrath. Yeah, I mean on that point, just to help like or to further your point, is that like the thing is that the thing Logan had on says that Logan had history. Yes. Logan had like he built a background. relationships, yeah. Like they said mm-hmm. they said Logan started and ended wars. Yep. So somebody can be like, Logan has no dirt on me. But I don't want to tempt him. Right? Yeah. I don't want to like. But like, you're like the kids. Who the fuck? Like six years ago, you were in rehab. Right? And that's you, you crashed a rocket four years ago. Like, why are you? Why are you talking oh to my me? God, that yeah, zero clouds whatsoever. Yeah, because right yeah. I mean, now Menken can choose to not block the acquisition or to do it on his own sweet time. Like it could be a mm-hmm. whole series mm-hmm. of things that are just not going to be convenient for these guys. And I'm sure, as well, I'm sure we'll get to by the end of the episode. It, it really becomes inconvenient. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Um, but something I've been saying recently, and this is my these are my only two cents regarding the whole. Uh, there are no good characters in Succession, or I don't like anybody, whatever. I think you can. First of all, I, I, I keep saying I'm watching right now. I'm watching like four different shows in which I like. I think I said it on, a, on our Barry podcast. I like like two characters in total. Like I'm watching Barry. I'm watching Succession. I'm watching Yellow Jacket. Everyone. They are not really good characters in any of these shows, but I love all the characters. But I don't like any of them. Like I, I, I right. love every single person in Succession, but I don't think you like them nobody's a bastion of morality. So this isn't like yes. Is this a situation of you like you like the characters, you like the the characters, but you hate the people? Like yeah, yeah, I like, like characters. Like I like them as TV characters. As characters. Like just I like what they're they're they say. They are fantastic. Yeah. Exactly. But I'm not here thinking of who's gonna be. Again, I've said before, I don't even know what winning is. But I'm not thinking of. Oh, I want this person to be CEO at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want this person to to like crush everybody. I'm like, I don't care about that. I just want to see what happens between the characters because I love them and I think they have funny lines and they, they have great moments. But I'm not lines. here like rooting for somebody. Yeah. Anyway, um, my final note on the romance speech is that I have that Caroline looks genuinely touched, mm-hmm. but doesn't do not touched enough to go up. Yes, she doesn't. Because I think in her defense, she genuinely looked like she was like it was. It got to her like that was in an act. But I was like, okay, you're his mother. Stand the fuck up and I go. Really thought for a moment there, like nah, they had me. I thought she was going to stand up. Look at me being fool. Nah, there would have been so. That would have been such a plot twist if she actually stood up and went to <laughs> Like at the end <laughs> of the show, she, she becomes the mother that he needs. Nah, they were not going to give that to us. Ain't no way. I mean, to be honest, I probably thought it was more likely that Jerry would stand up. Speaking of mother that he needs. Well, the, the funny thing is, well, I think that would have been too yeah, weird. There, there's for no way that international not, I think that was less. less I think like, she wanted to. She, she, I think she wanted she, to. She was the one who considered it. 
right? Yeah. And Carl looks at her. I think she, I think she considered what she knew. She, like she's too smart to do that. But I think, yeah. I think Jerry, yeah. if this was like a small room of ten people, I think she would have gone to him. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, to be fair, it was being televised as well. Wasn't yeah, it? that's so, what I mean. She can't do that. That that's that that's that, that career. That, that's everything suicide. Like she just she's too smart to do that. Okay, okay. We're running out of time. Well, sorry, we're running on time. We're not running out of time because this is going to be a long episode. Um, <laughs> let's go to everyone's number one. Kendall. I have, it to, I have it on my notes. Kendall's war cry because that wasn't his speech. That was the rallying cry to you. That was his version of, of, of Logan's speech from ATL. Yeah, because he was. We're pirates! What does he say? What does he say? Ah, wait, wait. Yeah. Also, it says, oh, I can't remember about his dad's energy, but it was like, by God, I yeah. wish I have it in me. Yeah, he said, I'll tell you, he said, people might want to tend and prune the memory of him to denigrate mm-hmm. that Looking magnificent at, at Ewan. force, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Ewan's face. <laughs> anyway, to denigrate that magnificent and awful force, but my God, I hope it's in, mm-hmm. in me. Right. Because we need his that dream. moment, I thought, oh. you're very, you're very unserious. Yeah, he said that the words, the world's just going to be like dark and desolate. You don't have that same thing. But you see, Kendall, that's where I call you bluff. Well, I mean, a serious person. Why this bit? Uh, let me look, should, should I tell you why? Should I tell you why he's not a serious person? Why? Why? Because he says he doesn't want to be his father, but considers himself a carrier of the weight that his father moved. Right? You can't have it both ways. You say you want the unstoppable force to be in you, but in the previous episode, you say you don't want the poison to drift through. He has okay. to learn. Okay, that no, in a lot of ways, you can't have the force without the poison. Can I can I contend with you on that though? But I don't think you're right. wrong. But I don't think it's an impossible thing. To, I think we all. It's not impossible. It's just unlikely so, based on the way he's wired. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. But it's just that, like, how do I put it? Every parent passes down their fuck ups to their child, right? The hope is yes. just that, like, with each generation, less and less fuck ups go down, right? So then every child looks at their parents and like. These are the things I really admire about you, and I wish I could take them from you. But I also don't want these things. That's just that's just kind of like mm-hmm. the father, father, son, mother, daughter, whatever relationship, right? You're looking you at want that. the best parts, and even as a parent, you want to pass down the best. Exactly. Parts. The problem with Logan is that he has he just never admitted that he had bad parts, <laughs> so, <laughs> or that the bad parts so, were, were, for a, were for a good reason. He was a good father. I think it makes sense that Kendall will be like, I want to like take that vim and all that from 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 logan but i don't want to be a bad dad the truth is that you can't really have both mm-hmm. right? because as we find out from shiv's story later like you if you take one you probably take everything so like yeah but i don't think it's i don't think it's oblivious on kendall's part to wonder i think that's something that a lot of us I, it's aspirational yeah there are things from my dad that i want to take thing. and there are things that i don't want to take and then sometimes I, I say something I'm like where the fuck did that come from like i, I just sounded like my father yeah i hope your dad is listening to this but well yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying my father is Logan. He's not. <laughs> yeah, he's not. But no, I, I get you. I was actually even, I was listening to a different podcast yesterday and just they were talking about how like, they're just, um, <laughs> they're becoming their fathers. Trust these guys are just funny. But yeah, they said they're becoming their fathers and I, I identify with that. There are mm-hmm. times when I'm like, I, funny enough, I'm kind of like Kendall in this regard. Like, I okay. actually see my father as very aspirational. Mm-hmm. And I cannot think of, I, this is wild, but I can't really think of much that I wouldn't want to emulate from my father. I think he's, he's incredible. Oh, this is, became a very wholesome well, podcast. <laughs> we're kind of, we're, you know, we, we get wholesome. Oh, we actually take a step back have, because we, we do have hearts. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> so the thing is, I once in a while will hear myself say things and be like, 
or I sound just like him. And then once I get past the shock of that, I'm like, okay, that's probably good, right? But in Kendall's case, oh, wow. yeah, in Kendall's case, <laughs> he's like, oh, I sound just like him. But Kendall's probably like, hmm, is that a good thing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not, it's not that you're not necessarily sure like which side it is, especially when, when it comes to these guys where their mother is oh, Jesus. a whole other situation. She's she, not good, she, man. Like, it's like, Logan, Logan was terrible, but at least he, at least he gave them attention. You know, she was so cold and distant that they don't even know what that feels like. Like, Roman's entire, like, his entire sexual repression, at least I'm going to say 70% of it is based on the fact that he does not feel like he had a mother that could protect him. Like, literally, when his first, when his relationship with Jerry is first buddy. Mm-hmm. One of the things he says to her is, so you can protect me? Because he's not used to that. Mm. He doesn't know what it's like to have a mother figure that's actually protecting him. And once she does that, and then adds on top the degradation <laughs> that his father gives him, it suddenly just becomes, okay, wow, now I'm sexually awakened. That is insane. Sexually awakened. Well, he tried to, I mean, it wasn't sort of part of the episode where he was looking at Marshall and was like, ooh. Well, I think that was just Roman being 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 terrible. Like that, I think that was just. No, but he, sure? he said that. I hope he said that sure? before, though. <laughs> he said that before when he when he went on a dinner with um, what's that Volta guy? Um, Lawrence. Lawrence, thank you. Lawrence and his boyfriend, and I was like, "Would I? If, uh, I definitely bang Marshall." He said that before. Said that. Yes, true, he actually has that before. So, uh, I mean, he he yeah. made two jokes about Marshall this episode. He said he might flirt with her on the way up. Um. Yeah, I wanted to take notes on Kendall's speech, but like it's just yeah, it's really just say, Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, what are your own your own thoughts on on that whole thing? Oh, I mean he, he said he said a lot and he he stepped up in a lot of ways here, but and he said a lot, so I was so, wondering what, what So Kendall Do you feel like he was just like reassuring like shareholders or something? Okay, let me how do I put well, it? Kendall I, like, I didn't even think about that in the yeah, minute, to be honest. But yeah, I don't think he, he had to sound strong. So I That's think what, what I we thought. can decide what? from how many have we watched now? We've watched 37 episodes. 38 episodes of Succession. Nice. I think what we can decide is put a mic in front of Kendall and he's good. Like, he just put a mic in front of him and he, he's, gonna, he's gonna do the job. Public. Yeah. I've always felt like he should be like one of these like people who like advocate for crypto because he's yeah. so convincing. <laughs> like, nah, the crypto is... guys don't deserve Kendall Roy. <laughs> I mean, I was listening to I was listening to I mean, again, it's, it's it's kind of like how you know that these guys would just be good if they came together to be one one thing, right? Because like mm-hmm. Shiv has, we seen in this episode, she has kind of the mind and the political dealings and all of that. She's stuff the only one that is able to really think far. Kendall can think far, but only for himself. Roma kind of has the quick, um, big ideas and whatever. Yeah, it's ruthless. Kendall and Kendall can do it in front of an audience. Like these guys would probably be the the best version of their father if they were all together as one. But listen to the official podcast last week no free as what is the official podcast what can we do and um jesse was talking about how in the writer's room (laughs) in the writer's room they always used to discuss earlier about how um kendall was like roger federer that he always had Mm -hmm. all the great shots but he always used them didn't know when to play and it's just like kendall has all these things in kind of good pockets but just never really and in this moment like everything here i don't said as much true True. Um, and I think it's probably that kind of the pressure that kind of obviously drove him to addiction and all that stuff. Anyways, that's a whole different podcast. But I think I think all of that is natural. I think this is Kendall being 
even though Living Plus, it was a bit vulnerable there, but that was planned. That was mm-hmm. planned vulnerability. It was real. I don't think I don't think it was fake. It was real, but it was planned. Here, it's like he he he's trying to write his speech on the fly, and he's like, oh, I can't. Let me just say what I want to say, and I just oh, it's yeah. such a it's such a good speech. I I couldn't pick out lines because it just flows as one. Like I don't know how Jesse yeah. wrote it, but it just flows as one stream it's, of consciousness. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to like annoy the gods here, but I'm gonna actually assert that that this particular moment, funny enough, is less something I can attribute to Jesse's writing and more to Jeremy's performance. Oh, I mean because because I think usually these things are fifty fifty yeah. in the great things we see in succession. But I think in this mm-hmm. particular instance, Jeremy's performance is carrying it even more than the words. I, I can't keep on because complimenting this guy. Because. Yeah, like, we've actually run out of words to compliment this guy. I, I can't anymore because you can see it in, and this is everybody in the room as well, because one thing I enjoyed about Kendall's speech was everyone's reactions mm-hmm. to it. Caroline, for example, when Kendall said, he, gave, he made us like something, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was just so like, like, you know, and then, <laughs> and then Shiv's reaction when he said, um, when he talked about that force. Yeah, I wish I had it to me. Yeah, she was she she was probably remembering that conversation of the poison, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she was also thinking, "Oh, look at this guy looking good." When I'm the one who's supposed to be looking good, like she's still playing the game even at a time like this. But Kendall is out here painting Logan as the deity he fancied himself as, right? And mm-hmm. he said that Logan made life happen, mm-hmm. and a lot of people saw him that way. When you put someone on such a pedestal, like everyone has somebody on such a pedestal, oh, it becomes an interesting thing because you can't really tear down that image. So even now. These people can't like this man has such a legacy that even if his children all turn out to really be screw ups, no one will ever actually forget. Mm-hmm. And the writers, in their approach to the story, wrote Logan as archetypal. He's the only person that they wrote as an archetype, in, uh, and and that's why everything kind of revolves around mm-hmm. him because we're kind of seeing how all the different real people, potentially in this scenario that is this family's life, mm-hmm. would react to such a person just being there. And being such a monumental influence in everyone's lives. I just love how although like some characters die, he's still still a character mm-hmm. there. Exactly. Still yeah. I mean, I mentioned this, I think it was the Living Plus episode about Jeremy. And I look, all these actors are great. I don't want to say one's better than the other, or whatever. But I think when you see these close-ups on Jeremy, you're just seeing like his face is not like he doesn't have a Jim Carrey face that he can obviously mold it into different things, right? But like his face changes. I don't know how to explain Like, his face looks different in different... Like, think about the Jeremy that was the beginning of this season. Right? His face felt rounder. And it... He feels lighter. Yeah, and like now... But the the, the, the weight of responsibility and of stress and of anxiety, he really knows... Like, he knows how to live in that. And I think that's what makes his performances so... Just just so immersive, Mm -hmm. in a sense. Right? Like whatever he's doing, he's I mean, he's obviously known for his very intense process. But oh boy. It, it at the very least it works, right? And he he understands what he's doing. And sometimes he feels the need to come up for air in his own real life. I'm glad he has support around him. But and Denmark. I mean these things he's able to turn out. Like this this is this is one of those career defining performances. Oh, I mean, yeah. This is what is gonna this is what this, been this doing. is what is gonna be known for. Like literally, like you know what when you go on Wikipedia it's like best known for. Like his whole life is <laughs> yeah. just gonna be I mean, I don't think that it's like Walter White and, and Brian Cranston. That's just it. That's who is yeah. gonna be known. They are this they are one and the same. Like to, um Robert Downey Jr. is yeah. Tony Stark at this point. And I think right. something that something we shouldn't miss in that scene. 
because obviously you've mentioned Jesse, you mentioned Jeremy, is also Mark Milo's direction, directing in that yes. sense. Because I was looking at it and I was like, what does this remind me of? I've seen this image before. And I was like, oh, this is the press conference. Yes. He's mirroring yeah. the press conference shots, like the way the camera is set up, the angles, mm-hmm. the close. And I was like, oh, he's he's gone from... And I mean, he literally... Um, Kendall literally references the press conference in this speech. It's like, I've said this before, what, what my uncle said is true. Like, he's like, he's mirroring a shot in which Kendall was bringing his father down to the lowest denominator. He's not mirroring it to, yeah. a, to a scene where he's praising his father. It's just like... This is the day his reign <laughs> ends to... I hope his forces. Yeah, it's. I mean, uh, yeah. And the, the, the directing, the, the angle, everything. I was like, this is. I, I was like, because I was like, I've seen this. Is it deja vu? I've seen this shot before. What am I? And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's the press conference. It's where it's like from the left. Is the is the camera angle from the left? And then his. I was like, oh, that's what this is. My lord is amazing, actually, with camera angles. And now that you mentioned that, there's actually an episode of Game of Thrones in season seven, episode three, titled "The Queen's Justice." Um, the episode where there's the episode where um what is his name the guy who who just looked like he didn't belong in the show Dion's uncle uh, Rob Rejoy. yeah he he's he's bringing in the son he's bringing in um, <laughs> like <a> son <laughs> and, <laughs> and her daughter yeah yeah I'm, I, yeah you know what, I'm I'm cool with uh, the oh, today but um he's bringing them into the scene hmm. and like there's this shot where like Euron is riding his horse going in and then they pass a wall and then they're inside the throne room and then the wars have like increased in my mm-hmm, team. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that transition is so smooth. You don't even realize it's happened until yeah. it's happened. Like you're just there watching what's going on. Like Milo. It's so wild that Milo are using the camera. Milo went like not went from, but like directed Game of Thrones to like directing people yeah. talking in a room in succession. <laughs> just like he directed the menu. But, but that's um, the thing. The, menu. the best parts of he directed Game of the menu, yeah. always yeah. people talking in a room. True, 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 true. Like, so I, I mean, it makes sense that my work would, would excel. Obiara's um, Obiara's one take. Okay. That's why I say all so the time. So let's... I was start this podcast. So because of the... <laughs> she, as, like Shiv mentioned, because of the whole scattershot nature of the speeches, I think they wanted to tell that story about the office because it was meant to kind of like humanize the dad. So when... Kendall obviously doesn't say it because his own speech is freestyle. Shiv goes up to, to, to talk about it and then she also gives her own speech. Before we talk about Shiv and her speech, I was thinking about it and I was like, I love that. Or at least according to me, the way I interpreted it, was like, I love that no one, even those who are like, they said that they want to say the other side, that's Roman, Kendall, Shiv. Yeah. They all like, they all still say negative things about Logan. And I was like, because the other side is not. I was like, even in their self delusion, they aren't that delusional. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because they might not know they're doing this, but I like mean, they, they got they got the logan experience firsthand. So it's like, how can how can they not? True, say true. Because you might think, oh, you and I obviously said all this. Then maybe maybe they'll go in now and like just say all the great things. But like they still like. Look, kind of still like, yeah, he was he was a presence, he was a force, he was because everything came out of Christ. Yeah, and a ship is like he didn't, he just didn't understand women. Like, yeah, I, I thought it was cool that she did that, especially in an episode where, you know, essentially every woman in his life happens to be present, yeah. except as I said, maybe Rhea Jarrell. We don't know for sure, but you know, just the the sheer ubiquity of 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 Logan was just something that they all had to mention mm-hmm. and. You know, Roman wanted to say that too. Even his presence is still like the thing that really sets Roman off. Like there's with Roman, mm-hmm. I find it interesting the way they write they write him and the way Kieran portrays him because there's always 
one thing that tends to set him off. Like when he goes on his firing spree, it's when he's like, it's when that um, Choi is like, you should have, I'm showing yeah. you where you are first, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And here he sees the he sees the coffin, and that's when he's like, okay, come here. And you know, everybody starts trying to comfort him, and then he breaks down. He's like, is he in there? They say yes, and he's like, can we can we get him out? And that part is obviously very heartbreaking because Logan really is everywhere. Whether he's being good to women or whether he's he's shaping the narrative or whatever, like Kendall says, he was comfortable with this. One I was I was going to say that was one of my and he liked it. That was one of my favorite. I was yeah. going to say earlier, that was one of my favorite parts when he goes. He was confident everywhere, from the lofty yeah. rooms where he his advice was sought to the smallest rooms where smallest his news was, was watched. He was confident yeah. and he knew it and he enjoyed it. Something like the, that. The, I was like, oh, amazing. I wonder because he he said he said he was comfortable in the world. He he ended it by saying he was comfortable in the world. He knew it and he mm-hmm. liked it. Still, I, I and I say amen to that, yeah. and that's how his speech yeah. ended. It was amazing. Oh my god! Oh my god! What the fucking yeah? Because the people the just started laughing. I'm just like, wow. Christ. Yeah. Of the then, dome, um, Kendall, yeah, Jay Z, Logan Roy. One take, Ken. I'm dead. One take, Kenny. That was good. Honestly, I, I did wonder though. You know how true is this really? Like. I, I guess it's somewhat true. Like Logan was a misanthrope. Like he didn't seem to think too highly of. People. He hated them. But then, did he like the world in in contrast? Like, or is that what kept him going? Or, you know, did he did he maybe just like his ability or potential to secure his own place in the world? He's like, you know, the world is going to live on, and we can shape it. People are this. People are that. Like, you know, we even had a speech to call him in episode one of this season, right? It's it, it, we see how he saw the world and how he saw people. So Kendall kind of coming here to paint him as somebody who loved the world. People will hear that and think that he's saying essentially he loves people, but that's not really mm-mm, the case. Right? I think he. Exactly. I think we can say Logan aspired to change the world. He changed the world and he was probably content with his impact on the world, and then the world annoyed him. Like what does he say to to Martin last season? Like everybody became fat. With their, with, this with their yoga classes, something, something, something along those lines, Sha. Something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. So like I think, the was yeah, I think at the point the world began <laughs> to annoy him. Um, okay, I know I joked that we were gonna go run long, but now we are actually quite running long. Um, I did have in my notes, and I guess we don't have time to talk about it, but I have in my notes that I don't think anyone lies in their speeches. And I think I don't think anyone is doing anything for the cameras. I think they are they are saying yeah. what is the truth, and it's like, look, it's it's, it's There's so many you can't really, yeah, right. Or you, try, you might try and put in a performance, which is sort of what Robert tries to do, but at the end of the day, just it's kind of, once you see that coffin, yeah. once you see everyone's faces, it just kind of break down, I guess. Yeah, and I guess it's also important to mention that, like, Connor and Roman are the only ones who've actually seen Logan since he died, like, actually seen his body. Yeah. Like, Roman has seen it yeah. twice, and one was was against his will, right, to, so, like, the picture. So, like, oh, the yeah, Shivan, yeah. Shivan, Kendall haven't, so, like, it makes more sense why they obviously, it's easier for them to to hold it together okay so the speeches are over and at that moment i'm like okay roman i think you fucked it but we found out that eba is spilling to the roy boys via hugo um (laughs) then kendall kendall is on the offensive he starts assembling his team for when he takes the crown first he first he gets hugo yes woof woof and then he goes (laughs) he goes straight for colin i think we're just we all just know that like why he's getting colin right there's no we don't have to have a 10 minute discussion on this like he's getting Colin just to have his secret on his side like that's just fine right I think even Colin knows mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like Colin, Colin, Colin yeah. look, look at this I mean, guy Colin is aware 
I thought it was cool because like he's, he's losing Jess. He's like, okay, well, I'm gonna secure Hugo, Hugo mm-hmm. and recruit Colin. Yeah, because obviously great. Colin could use the work. He keeps Colin in the fold. It makes sure, as you mm-hmm. said, that you know his secret stays within, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's just like it, it, if somebody was gonna watch this this show and say, oh, Colin could end up spilling the beans. That's a loose end. Like this is the writing taking yeah. care of that. Mm-hmm. 100%. So I, I, like, yeah. I like that a lot. I was very Um Then Royce and Greg are cost-making. <laughs> One of my... Oh my these are the lines I think might be improbable, right? Like, is when... Because <laughs> Greg is standing beside Menkin and then Connor comes in. Mm-hmm. And then and Greg's like, hey, jump in. And like, Connor's like, hey, thanks. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I said out loud what is happening right now. <laughs> because everybody was there all at once. Like, I hate that they were making Megan feel like the bell of the ball. But guys, relax. So I thought because the way I thought that scene was gonna play that, like Kendall, I thought Kendall was gonna lose his cool. I thought it was one of those things where like it's just get more and more aggressive. Do you get what I mean? I feel it was about to be yeah. kind of, he starts shouting, but yeah, yeah she, it's good that she stepped in when she did because um who, who knows what, what, what would have happened. Um Ken um Yeah, Obi, I know we're about to we're about to get to your your scene. Um uh, so I went back to I went back to watch the trailer like one of the earlier earlier trailers that came out and i, I think there must have been some manking that we we didn't get this season you know but i think you that's what i, I was mean, saying earlier in, this, in, in, the, in the in the season oh, like i was saying that we that we should have seen him by now but we still haven't we've just been yeah. here even when they talked mm-hmm. about him appearing i think it was meant to appear at the wake episode the week. yeah in the trailer he's there, he there talking to connor but they took but they cut it out yeah i think right. i think connor has taken the most kind of cuts this season because apparently he had a lot of mm-hmm. stuff in the election po- not not the tailgate party that were cut out as well. Mm. So I think it took a lot of cuts. I'm sort of wondering like what more could we have going for? But it's, that's, I think that's why they were cut because they, they were something good and funny but like they were not essential to the like... Thing. But Stewie has been cut as well but so why do you mean Well, Stewie? again, interesting because Ariane Moed is in the credits. He's in the opening credits of this episode, not, not the end credits. So I was yeah. like, okay, then where is he? Where is don't he? tease me with Stewie and don't show me Stewie. What are you doing? Yeah. Because uh, it's not like there was no picture, and it's like, okay, what, what's going on here? Because normally, I think for Justin Kirk, they've credited him this season whenever like his picture appeared on TV or whatever. But I was like, there's mm-hmm. no studio. What are you guys doing? Okay, Obiora, Matson and Shiv pitch to Menken, which personally I thought was it was going terribly, but apparently it went well. What are your thoughts on this scene? I think he was convinced by Matson. Shiv, on the other hand, I guess we'll get to her, but um, yeah. Because initially I was kind of like, you know, Matson or Jimenez means the deal is going to go from um, Menken means the deal is not going to go mm-hmm. for her. But I guess this is kind of like another plot twist-ish as well, where it's kind of, oh, actually, Matson has sort of indicated she the deal might actually go for it because he's quite um, intrigued and he's quite convinced by Matson. Well, he's so open to the USCO like, angle. He's, he's open to the, I guess, obviously the USCO, that's sort of like the uh, that was kind of like the cherry on the cake, which was able to fully... I think that's what's... Yeah, I think it's more than a cherry. Like, I think that's kind of like the prevailing factor. The full yeah. cake. Well, not the full cake, but I think it's the main thing. Like, that's the whole yeah. thing of fascism, right? You don't want to incorporate or respect external influences, especially if you see them as inferior to yourself. So this mm-hmm. is like a very American exceptionalism type of guy. Yeah. So it would make sense that that's what would actually placate him. And that's the word Hugo uses. He said they're floating that to placate Menken. And I mean, was. you can see Menken, sorry, you can see Menken saying, 
and they came with their big tech and their big European money. And I said, no, it has to be an American CEO because this is the US of it. Yep. <laughs> it tested my blood. And he, what did what did that idiot say when he had COVID? I'm just... They tested his blood and it, it was not DNA, it was USA. I don't bleach. It, yeah, I don't bleach DNA. What? USA. <laughs> what an idiot. But anyway, yeah. you can see how Menke would tweet something like that like, and then his base would be like, yes, he's supporting American jobs, whatever. Anyway, sorry, continue. Yeah. I feel like... <sighs> I mean, fair play to shame as well for... Um, so thinking about that and, and seeing it like like just beat up from like and yeah it's it, me like and yeah. selling it to him as well because I feel he was sort of really he wasn't really he was quite impressed with the whole um scene before with like everyone coming to state the mm-hmm, case mm-hmm. about this and that and this and that and it was sort of kind of like get away from me and stuff but I think like now Shiv and the thing about it is like Shiv has an outside um just an outside body, someone who's not part of the family, someone who's actually quite successful, who, you know, is actually a better story to sell than, you know, one of my other siblings. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I feel that was kind of, that could have some little men. Yeah. That would have definitely convinced um, Mankin a lot more too about, about her strategy. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I feel Matthew is going to fuck her. So, <laughs> not in the fun way. I think he's like, going to absolutely not, screw not up in this deal. Fun way. Um, so, in the scene where he calls Shiv, and again, this is me, again, I think this happens when you're approaching the season finale, we did it with Better Call Saul, your brain starts going into like, soap opera, soap opera overdrive. And when he's calling Shiv and it's like saying, I can make a USCO work, I can see his eyes kind of trail off, like there's someone else in the car. Mm-hmm. But they never show us. So I'm like, okay, well, they didn't show us. Because right? I thought there'll, there'll be a scene of them showing us someone else in the car, but they didn't show us. So I was like, okay, so maybe it's just me overreacting. Because I, you're right, it does feel too easy. Is not the right word, good but feature. yeah, too good, too, too convenient. No, easy actually would be a, an interesting word for it because it's like, okay, so just like that, Shiv has now been shot up to the mm-hmm. to the top rank of like who's going to take over this thing. Just I mean, like even in the episode, he actually because I think. When he kind of like the end of the episode, towards the end of the episode, when he's in the car and he's calling shit and he's telling about how he was able to convince making about the idea, and she's kind of convinced that it's her. But Matsud is like, it's yeah, he never really, really, yeah, that's why I thought it was someone in the car because he never really says you, he just says a USCO can work. And honestly, it could be, it could literally be Ria Jarrell, like it could be any American team. That would be, no, I don't think they they would do that. (laughs) <laughs> that would crazy. What if he's tall? That would be insane. Crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My name's actually Tom. My name's actually Tom. Now, Tom That's is too tired. Should we talk about Tom? Because Tom finally makes Tom's it place to the funeral. Yeah. And then he breaks down. And then Matthew is like... I kind of feel bad that he shouldn't... Ma- Matthew is like, let me show you again why I'm Emmy winner Matthew McFadden. Like, I showed you two weeks ago, but let me show you again. <laughs> oh, what a scene, man. What a scene. I really love this scene. Yeah. Like, yeah, because at first I'm thinking, oh, he's not apologizing about the fight. He's he's taking the coward's way as a person. Like she doesn't care about this, but then the way he just breaks it down is like, I was there, I was the first. Like he's saying, again, it's great writing because he's saying I was the first person to let him in, so I've told him goodbye. But what we know he means is that I was the first. So like this is really like hurting me. Like I was the first person to see him dead. Like mm-hmm. think about this, and I yeah. think she she was like, oh fuck, I actually did not know it was you. Yeah, she's like think yeah. about this cast. That was just yeah. That was that was that was tough. How do you feel about Shiv drinking wine while she was pregnant? Her husband is not stopping her. So who am I? 
Who am I to judge her? What are they doing? <laughs> that was I was I was so upset at that scene. I don't know why. <sighs> I was kind of like, that was so who am I to judge her if her husband is not stopping her? Who am I but a mere man? <laughs> like, his eyes were definitely asking questions. But he didn't. But he, why did he ask yeah. questions with his mouth? That's why God gave him a mouth. Yeah, well, you know, at least he didn't, everybody's considering that. Yeah, at least he didn't share his, some of his election night cocaine with her. That would have been... Actually, you, you know what? Thinking about... Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> think that people kind of keeping their place. I, I, think, I think it's interesting that, like, Connor has stuff to say here. Like, obviously, he doesn't get to say his Willa produced speech. <laughs> Thank God. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, running for president was really all he had left because this is somebody who has never really done anything. So he wanted to kind of have something that would make his life mean something, right? So it, it's it's funny to me that he does seem to have some level of value in Logan's eyes because I think in a way um, he actually trusted him to manage slash run the actual family, like the people in mm-hmm. it. You know, he's the one who has the details of the estate. Um, they knew what to do in terms of a funeral, discussed things like the family mausoleum. Like Connor's like, oh, he never sent you pictures of this. And yeah, but like, Connor's gone Connor's doing this since he was 20. Since it was yeah, 25. I was ask, no, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, That's like, how he's the one go, who's been handling it. How could he go your entire life doing nothing? But he's actually been, I mean, he raised the kid. Yeah, he took them, the took them saying, fishing like, all of that. He, yeah. He is literally the one that Logan trusts to be the actual, like, operational head of, like, managing the personnel <laughs> of the family. Like, Logan's thing is the business. It's like, I'm going to manage our asset. Yeah. You can, like, take care of the people, whatever that means. And, you know, the fact that they all think five mil is a steal on that thing is funny, especially because I know it is a steal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, not them, not them really looking at that thing and picking bucks. Like, okay, who's going to end up? <laughs> um, two things there. I really like, I really like that touch that you mentioned of like, um, just of Connor knowing about like a, f- what's his name of Logan sharing these things with yeah. him. I, I, you have to share them with someone. Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> but then also like, I have it in my nose that what is the emotional equivalent of being, secure in your masculinity because i just liked the fact that like connor didn't feel the need to like speak at the funeral like he's just like these kids need this let them let them have it yeah mm. i thought they were even discussing that at one point it's like I, I, there was a point where i was wondering if connor would be the one to no i think connor was like i think connor was like oh i'm candles. fine i'll take him you could you could do it yeah. to one is the other side yeah. um okay yeah well are we are we sure for a fact that i didn't speak he didn't or speak he we just no we see the we, yeah, we see the entire funeral we see the entire funeral um, the episode kind of and from Kendall and Roman having a conversation to Roman going to join BLM. So yeah. <laughs> we want to talk about. <laughs> so I mean, we could just talk about that whole last bit of, of the episode. Who has thoughts on like just uh, Kendall being saying saying like, you fucked it to Roman antagonizing the protesters Wait, I mean, and everything? Yeah, so. But when he when he's talking about how Ron fucked it, does he mean how he broke down? Yeah, all of it. It's like you did that, and now Menken thinks we're weak. I, that's right. what I understood that to be. Oh, right. Menken really has a call to call him. Um, oh, what is he saying? Calling himself in really, really funny. Something yeah, about crying. Was, yeah, I, can't I was so annoyed. He called him the Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper. I, so, I got so mad. That's terrible. And Kendall had to be. Kendall had to be like, okay, maybe not, take not today. today. Right, and even though he's trying to placate him at that very moment, like Kendall, and so leads back like to the title of the episode, which I really like, Church and State, Church and State, where you can't really separate. Mm-hmm. You, you can't like these people in their position can't really separate their you know business interests from their personal, and it's kind of all aligned. And if you 
kind of bring one to the other, they just end up jeopardizing both, which is kind of what looks like Roman has done now. I feel like it was that plus his desperate attempt at uh, the Menken conversation after. But he wasn't involved. Okay, so because I thought, I thought I thought it was the whole crying thing, but then I thought maybe he meant just like election and like, because he goes like I, I was in charge of stuff, controlled it. I felt like maybe he felt like Roman gave Menken too much leeway on election night, and that was what he meant. Mm, actually, yeah. Just make things like that, yeah. I mean, the the idea, I we don't know. Like, like, like I said, there's only so much time left, like in the actual time span of of the of the, the world of the show that we that we'll get to see in the series. But just the idea that Roman, the CEO of the company that owns the news company that is broadcasting and calling things on election night, mm-hmm. would not just be in contact with Menken, but physically go to see him, is insanity. Like. That is wild on so many levels. That, is it? Yes, it is actually. I, I mean, I, I know that I'm I'm not going to be one who's going to sit here and tell you that that that's, that some of these politicians don't have like weird ways of doing things that are highly unethical and borderline illegal. But I think on some level, that's one thing that like they may not that they would kind of draw the line at just because like it's so visible. Like you, him going there is visible and. Obviously, they did an amazing job with the attention to detail there, like the steps Roman had to get through, like being led into like this door, that door, mm-hmm. like, the amount mm-hmm. of food that's even in those rooms, what people are doing. Like typically, these candidates don't want to know what's going on up, up until the end. But right, right down to Mencken's telling him what to do in the sense that he's like, if I lose, I want it to be categorized correctly as a great victory. <laughs> so that's exactly what someone like Mencken would say in that moment. A Roman being there to hear that kind of makes you feel like you know, he went to Menken rather than Menken's coming to them. So, and that, and that's where this, I think that might have been where they started to lose their leverage. But yeah, yeah, like yeah. His I, breakdown kind of sinks it, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, they even begged, they're basically begging for Kendall to come along as well. Um, yeah. No, no, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. Um, but as in, I don't think it, if someone told me that someone from, was Roger Ailes still alive then? Like, if you tell me he was at Trump's hotel room during the election, I won't, I won't say that's not true. Like, they saw all about Roger Ailes, yeah. Yeah, so of. like, I don't, it's not right and it's not, it shouldn't happen, but like, if you tell me it happened, I'll be like, it's, yeah, that's, yeah, it's, yeah, that's it's not, not impossible. I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying that it's, it's very, very bold. Like, that's brazen. Yeah. Okay. We need to, sorry, I think we can start wrapping up. Um, it's funny because I was watching them, so I was like, "Oh, when the episode ended, I was like, oh, this is a perfect season finale.' I can't wait for next. I can't wait for next season." Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon. Yeah, you thought. I reckon next next week. Uh, two hours. No, no, no. These guys are they, yeah. they control themselves. I think it max one fifteen. Am fifteen? Am I Maybe they'll do an hour right? and a half. They've done an hour and a half before. An hour twenty. They've when did they do an hour, hour twenty? The final episode of season two is like an hour twenty, something like that. It's a bit long. Is it? Yeah, I think this was the longest succession episode, one fourteen. I said it's a very long one. I don't think it's one twenty. The the longest they've done. I think they've gone up to like one fifteen, one twenty four. Yeah. Oh, I think so. Yeah, but I don't think they'll do one thirty. I I think we'll have to check it. We they might not need to do it here, but we'll see how it goes. Jesse is British. He he knows how to control himself. (laughs) Lol. Um, These guys do. You you asked about like his final thoughts on on that final part of the episode. Mm -hmm. I think I think it it was cool that in addition to everything that was going on, the unrest that we had been hearing about, both from like 
just from seeing them being, you know, in their car and that people are slamming on things mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. rather complaining about stuff and expressing concern mm-hmm. to, you know, the firework. Came in, I said that that is, is feeling a bit Yemeni out there. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> was, Tom. That was great, right? She was like, oh, okay. That's that is, a big talk. Yeah, that is so, so much to get into there. So for Roma to actually go inside, I was like, oh my God, please don't die. Like, right. that would just be a whole thing. I was actually, I was genuinely afraid that I found myself really scared that he might die. So thankfully, yeah, that, I that, thought that someone was going to like pull out a shank or something. Yeah, yeah literally. Yeah, I've tried to track, track this trailer down, but I remember quite vividly watching a trailer for this season in which there was a shot of this unrest. And like, there's a shot of Roman in the middle of it, like with his arms out aloft. But that, so I was waiting for, waiting for that scene, this episode. Yeah. That scene never really happens because Roman is never arms aloft in the, yeah, in the crowd. Yeah. So, so I don't know so. if I, I, can't, I couldn't have imagined it because like, I didn't know there was going to be an unrest scene. So I don't know. I just, I can't yeah. find, I watched all the trailers. I couldn't find it. So I don't know what's going on. Do you reckon all the, like half of the trailer, so it's just like kind of, it's just it's possible. Like, it's possible. Trailer was just a big mis- misdirect. There's a scene. So I was watching the trailer, like I said, looking for this thing, and the shot of Jerry saying, um, "Tech is coming." Blah, blah blah. You can't fight tech or something, right? To to Roman in the mm-hmm. Living Plus episode. Mm-hmm. In the trailer, like tech is replaced with Logan. Mm. So it's like you can't fight Logan or something like that. So like we're meant to think that obviously we know now we know that Logan is long dead. By the time that happens, those trailers are so wild. It's so, fucking with us, man. Wild. Wild. Uh, okay. Okay, so We're doing about an hour twenty right now. Also, God series finale is around and a half. Well, for this season, yeah, series finale. Yeah. How do you know? I just googled it, so it's going to be long. Oh, it's going to be the longest by far. Like okay, so I hope you guys are ready for a two-hour rec- uh, podcast recording. Gosh, well, two hours yeah, for you. We'll, rather we'll freaking not survivability. Um, the, the final thing I, I will add for this is that um, I have to praise Nicholas Bertel. Obviously, the music in the episode was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I especially liked that there were big, 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 big moments in this episode where there was no music at all. Mm-hmm. I like that. Really I love when there's no music. Cues here. Like, jeez, okay, Let's see your head. <laughs> um, well, that is a big middle finger to all composers. That's, yeah. not, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I just, I like it when you make a decision not to use music because it's yeah, obviously like smart. For all me. the speeches, like all, all the, the funeral speeches, no music. Mm-hmm. And it really made them hit that much harder, honestly. Like the music just came back very, very lightly after Shift's speech. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of praise, I have some notes. It's a good thing you, you mentioned. Just tell, that. like, John, John Williams, you know. Fucking, fuck well, no, I mean, John Williams in, <laughs> in Fableman's, there's large stretches where he didn't use music. Anyway, okay, I have to praise the camera operators this, this episode. I know we, we do it on and off, but this episode, they were on fire. Were like, on there's a point where they follow Shiv, I think is in the memorial, whatever, where they follow yeah. her to go and meet Carl and Frank. <laughs> oh, was, this was, guy was, was this that guy. bad? How bad was that? Yeah. I was like, look at you. This guy, this guy, this guy, this guy were actually really good this episode. Um, Okay. Guys, it's one hour left of succession. An hour and a half. An hour and a half, maybe, but yes. An hour and a half, you're right. And yeah. and we'll be back talking about it. Speaking of beloved, great, critically acclaimed HBO shows ending, Barry's ending the same day. Can you fucking believe it? And we'll be talking about that as well. And talking about Yellow Jackets, the season finale. 
talking about all of them. So please, please check out, check up for them. Share with your friends if you have friends that watch Succession and you have friends at all. all stuff. Thank you very much to my co-host James and Ibibe. Thank you cool. to everyone else who's listened, who shares, who comments on the podcast videos on YouTube, and join us next week. Oh, actually, thank you to HBO for giving us screeners this this season. HBO, man, yeah. coming through for the guy. No, Shout out, Shout out to HBO. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, join us next week, and we'll be joined by Daniel Kaluuya. Bye, guys. See ya.